Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to Weekly Matches Network Show. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brown. Joined now with my regular co-host, Conor Gwillian. Um, after the debacle of the weekend against Manchester City, we weren't sure what to expect. We've done this podcast last week. Um, now, you know, we, we, we talked in the past about we're never sure what to expect, what matches Network we're going to show up. Now we're getting the consistent matches Network showing up in these big games. That is extremely worrying. Um this is not going to be a fun podcast. It's going to be a bit angry, I'm sure, a bit of disagreement over things. And um, I'm still angry over yesterday for many, many different reasons, not just the result, but the reaction to the result, um, which speaks volumes for what we are seeing inside the football club. Um, I know people inside the football club are very angry. Um, and uh, we will talk about that. I don't even have any notes today, and simply because there really isn't anything that needs to be analysed in the details because there's so much to be said for what we can see with our own eyes that doesn't need to be broken down and explained. There's so many things that are obvious. Um, first of all, Calm, how, how you doing, man? All good, mate. Recovering after that shambles yesterday. Like, I don't even know where to start. Where, where do we start? Everything we spoke about last week just continued on these bad performances on the pitch, off the pitch. The club just stinks, as you said last week. Like, I never really looked at it from that perspective, but it, it's rotten from the core. Like, well, I think um, when you work when you're at a club like Manchester United, there's a lot of bluster. There's a lot of things that are brand, and there's a lot of things online that are nonsense. There's a lot of things that uh, cliche talk, and you know you hear it in the PR statements, you hear it in the interviews before and after games, and you hear the same thing about we need to take a hard look at ourselves, we need this, we need that. Well, I would say one thing about some of the interviews yesterday that did take slightly different tact where it wasn't so much about we need to take a hard look at ourselves, blah, blah, blah. There was, I think even from some of the players, there was a concession that fans are fed up here in this, right? Now, maybe it's time for some straight talk, right? Because what we're seeing on the pitch is not a result of bad luck. It's not a result of tactics, it's a result of the intangibles, the things that you expect a professional to have that don't have, right? And as a football fan, you can forgive an awful lot. You can forgive a player not being good enough. You can forgive players being off form. You can forgive so much. But what you can't forgive is surrender, okay? Because every single person in that, in that stand would give anything to be in the player's position we wore in that shirt. And there's going to be people in those stands that have travelled from all over the world, right? That have paid unbelievable amounts of money to be there with their young families. They could have been doing something else. And yet, on the pitch, we've got 11 footballers making copious amounts of money, extremely fortunate to be wearing a shirt, and yet they surrender to 3-1. 3-1. Now, take a look at how many games United have found themselves two goals behind, scored a goal, and within a couple of minutes, we're level. That's a derby. Now, they've already lost the derby at Old Trafford, where they were completely outclassed. They've already lost to Liverpool, where they were completely outclassed. And again, lacking the basic intangibles that you expect from a professional. And we have footballers in this team, one of whom is a captain. They quite frankly put in a performance once again. It didn't belong in a professional field. You, when you're a professional athlete, you come to the table in your arena with certain fundamentals to make you a professional that separate you from the gang in the street. They're the reason why we pay in to watch because they can do things that the ordinary guy can't. And when they are lacking in every single aspect of what makes you a professional. There's so many things wrong. That's preparation. That's mental preparation, physical preparation. That's commitment. That's desire. That's what you see on the pitch is a bunch of players blaming each other and a bunch of players saying to themselves, I don't care if this club follows, finishes top four or not, I won't be here no matter what. They don't deserve to wear a shirt. They don't deserve to have your kids wear their shirt, they don't deserve to have their brands, they don't deserve for people to go online and buy their shit. What they did on Saturday or Sunday should be a death knell for them. They should never be allowed to play for this football club again. And I also see on something else, Calm, or Calm, um, the people that run this football club are responsible for this. 
This isn't uh, give us a chance to get it right. You've had nine years to get it right. There's no excuse for Manchester United to be in this position. Nine years, a billion pounds spent, and this football club is further away than it's ever been since Ferguson left to win the league. Further away. And we are supposed to trust these people again, that they know what they're doing, that these people are going to get it right. That it's just, we're just a good manager away. And we're going to have us in long, but see, when you're tone deaf like that, and you can't look at yourself and say, I'm also part of the problem here. We have no chance of fixing it. The first step in fixing a problem is recognizing you have one. The second one is recognizing what it is. Manchester United don't even know what the mistakes are that they're making. Well, the, the main problem, in my opinion, is this is the first year I've ever felt this heartened to be a United fan. And some people think about that and say, nah, there was last year, there was a year before, there was a year before that. But really, I've never in my life watched Man United I've been spoiled with success over the years, but I've never watched United and thought we're definitely going to lose this game. I knew the result of that game before we stepped on the pitch yesterday. I knew it from even looking at the players arriving yesterday. Everyone knew it. You're, you're being dishonest if, if you tell me that you, you thought we were going to win that game yesterday. There's no leaders in that team. There's no one in that team to grab a game by the scruff of the neck. We're relying on Scott McTominay to do that. And quite frankly, he's not consistent enough to put in a 9 out of 10 performance every week that we require from someone like him in the centre of midfield. So if we're thinking of players that can do it at Manchester United, there's very few. And anyone that, that could give us a bit of something different yesterday, like Ronaldo, who hasn't really been there all, all year yet, wasn't there yesterday. Cavani wasn't there yesterday. This is supposed to be the biggest game of the season. And Cavani is past fit by the medical team, but says that he's not, not in the right frame to play well, what's going on there what, what's the story with this squad and I, I go back to what you say there about the you said about the you know these people that are making decisions at the club in any walk of life if you're not performing in your job you're either reprimanded for it or you walk away yourself the managers of this club have all been let go we go from Moyes Van Gaal Mourinho Solskjaer why, why are the people making the decisions to make these appointments not held accountable? What's what's the reason behind whoever is at the very top of the tree saying this isn't working? There's something going wrong. We're losing money. We're making the wrong signings. We're making the wrong managerial appointments. Where does it end? Well, here's the thing. The football club and the people that appoint managers. If a manager, we've, we've seen Moyes, Mourinho, Van Hal, and Solskjaer, and Ranić. So we're about to hit our seventh manager, right? So the people that appoint these people, who's responsible for identifying someone to get the football side right, they never seem to include themselves in the evaluation process of what's going on with the football club. They never seem to say, maybe it's me. Right? And see, this is where you need uh, you need owners who are custodians of the football club, not the business. This is where you need owners that are going to turn around and say, I care so much about this football club and what happens on the pitch, you're getting sacked too. Right? Because when you have absentee landlords like the Glazers who are only looking at profit and loss sheet, they aren't looking at Richard Arnold. And, and by the way, they don't know enough to know when they're being bullshitted and when they're not. So when you got someone like Edward Wood and Richard Arnold, right? You know, using football cliches, nonsense, right? Absolute nonsense. They just don't really care. They aren't emotionally committed like you and me. They don't. You think that they were sitting on Sunday in Miami with their head in a hunt the way you and I were? I think that they were walking around Miami going or wherever they live in Florida. Devastated, they don't care. So they don't, they, they, these, these things don't affect them in the way that you and I do. It's a crisis to you and me because we're fans, but not to them. Now, when you're sitting there, if you genuinely cared about this football club, really, right, and cared about what was happening on the pitch, you would act immediately. You would have acted years ago. You would have turned around to the people that run this football club and said, guys, this isn't working, right? 
We aren't anywhere close to our goals. But they don't. And that's the only thing that you can say. It's the only explanation for it. Because it's neglect beyond belief. If you were custodians of this football club and you cared, now let me tell you something, Calm. If this was happening on the business side, neither would have had crisis, implemented crisis dogs immediately and people would have been replaced immediately. But the only thing I can think of is they don't care. They don't care because it doesn't affect them financially yet. Okay, so here's the thing. We say we're not doing their job. Maybe they are doing their job because they're best compensated executives in the league. So clearly, by someone's estimation, they're doing a good job, right? And if they're the best compensated employees in the league, then that would tell me that it's going to be business as usual as we go forward. Because again, by someone's estimation, they're doing a good job. So don't expect change. So how on earth you can turn around and say to me after nine years with the football club in total crisis, in total chaos, they haven't got one decision right. Not one, not one decision right in that time. That this is resembles success, that we should be optimistic, that Manchester United fans should part with their season ticket money next season. Right? That Manchester United shouldn't, have refunded their fans for that complete and abject surrender on Sunday. Because the players should have been ashamed. They should have been embarrassed. They should have turned around and said, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to pick up our wages this week. We're going to refund the fans. Right? Because the only the difference between the fans and the players is the players are paid to be there or the fans pay to be there. Right? So nothing about this football club. We can slaughter Harry Maguire and deserves it. But where's the leadership in anywhere in this football club? Where's the leadership above him? Where's the competence above him? It is rank incompetence. It's reflected on the field. And we have gone from a football club that was respected throughout world football, competed for trophies, to now being a laughing stock. Abs- not even competitive in big games anymore. Norwich are more competitive. So I'm not more competitive against Man City. I mean, how much longer are we going to have to tolerate this for? How much more are we going to have to listen to this nonsense, these football sound cliches every week? I mean, it's so nauseating, right? We listen to this. These Two weeks ago, we had to listen to Richard Arnold talk about downloads, clicks, retweets, and impressions. And honestly, I, I, it makes me, want to, makes me want to rip my ears off, right? And, and so this is... Almost what you see on a Sunday or a Saturday is the company football team, right? Because Manchester United once was respected around the world for being a great football club are now only respected for their ability to make money. That's it, right? And if you're a top football team and you don't beat Manchester United, you should be asking yourself why, right? Because take a look at some of those goals at the weekend. We had Marez's goal. You can't mark from a corner, right? Harry Maguire jumping over the ball in the box. I mean, it's an insult. It's an insult to watch that. It offends my eyes. And I'm looking at this going, this is an 80 million pound defender. How dare you? How dare you complain about the captaincy or the fractions inside that dressing room? You shouldn't even have that shirt on your back. You are a disgrace. Aaron Wan-Bissaka can't pass a ball. We like cannot pass a football, right? There's a lobotomy, has no brain, right? Uh, Alex Tala is a disgrace, right? I mean, hey, to be honest, though, if we go through this whole squad, we there's very few players there that I really think we should keep going forward. And I know what you're saying about, you know, that you you were touched on it there about we should be refunded and like the the club emailed me on Monday about my season ticket they want the money for the season ticket by the twentieth of May how who makes that decision the email fans like that with what we're going through at the moment to be honest we've turned into the Arsenal that we all laughed at for years we've turned into the Liverpool because they signed 
when they yeah when they signed Kincheski. There's very few players. Liverpool signed Kincheski, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. When Liverpool signed Kincheski, we laughed at them. When he signed for Liverpool under Hodgson, we we are that team at the moment, and that that's a harsh reality. Anyone listening to this that disagrees, you're only kidding yourself. I remember I worked in the bank about six, seven years ago and there was a guy who was United through and through and he used to come in every day and he would always say to me, keep the faith. And I'd love to hear what he has to say now because that was keep the faith six to seven years ago. We haven't moved on anything from then. There it has, there has to be some sort of revolt now. The club has to work out who's staying and who goes. Like next season, realistically, right? Who do you think that we're going to keep? Because in, in my head right now, the hair stays, right? The hair has been great, and people people will say about him, but he has been a real stalwart for us over the years. If you think back to what he started at, where he is now, we were we were blessed to get Edwin van der Sar at the stage that we did. Before that, we were very unlucky with keepers since you Michael. So we we've been very lucky with the hair, and I, I would keep the hair. I think that backline needs completely turned over. I, to me, it is so futile even having these discussions. Right, I mean, what player is going to stay? What player is going to go? Who's going to come in? It, it doesn't matter. And it's the same I said last week about the manager. Now, <clears throat> doesn't matter. This is all window dressing. The problem at the football club is so deep, so systemic, so ingrained that the problem is the people that benefit the most from the club being a mess, right, are the only ones that can change it. So. Manchester United's problems run from the top down. They aren't changing that, right? And so when we're talking about Ten Hag and Pochettino, why would either of them come here? Manchester United is a career record, right? If you're a manager, the one thing you can be say, say with absolute certainty is your career or your reputation is going to take a hit coming here, right? No question. Because we're sitting here talking about forensic evaluation process for a manager by people who are the problem, right? When do we get a forensic evaluation of the people who run the football club? How come they never are held accountable? How come they never lose their jobs? If it would resign, why wasn't he sacked for non-performance? If he is not accountable, which is the only explanation, just like Richard Arnold, for what happens on the pitch, then why do they run the football club, right? And... This is a football club. I know it took the football club off a bad idea, right? But this is a football club. And if winning football games was the most important thing, these people wouldn't be there, right? They wouldn't. So I want to ask them, when did they get evaluated? When did they hold their hands up and say, maybe I'm the problem, right? Because it always seems to be someone else. Right, I would rather have Solskjaer than than Richard Arnold. I'd rather have Mourinho than Richard Arnold. I'd rather Solskjaer than, than Ed Woodward than Richard Arnold. Right, um, so I'm asking. See, this is where it becomes the responsibility of the owners. But the problem is when you've absentee landlord like the Glazers who don't know the first thing about football, who couldn't care less about football, who care only about profit. This is what you get. Because there is no oversight on the football side. There is no demands on the football side. They don't care. If you turned around to Manchester United owners right now and said your football club is an absolute mess, four players at each other's throats, shake performance every budget you're making a fortune, well, that's all the matters. I agree with what you're saying, right? 100%. And I know exactly where you're coming from. But the fundamentals are the product that we're putting out on the pitch at the moment absolutely stinks. It is stinking the gaff Because this thing is so, from the top down. You always think. I, yes, and I agree with you. But at the end of the day, we have to do something about the playing staff. It's it's all well and good talking about the owners. We're, me and you aren't going to change Friends anything. We're not going to change the playing staff either. Yeah, but at the end of the day, these players, no matter who the Glazers, and I, I'm not sticking up for the Glazers here, but no matter who was appointed, if I said last week, if we had Guardiola with these players, absolutely stinks. Look at everything that's coming out. These leaks, where are they coming from? How are these players at Manchester United? I watched the programme on Wayne Rooney with Gary Neville and Gary Neville said that he took Wayne Rooney, him and Giggs took Wayne Rooney in the gym by surprise and asked him why he leaked something through his agent about wanting to leave United back when he did. 
There is no one on that team that I can imagine having that conversation with any player at the moment. Can you imagine Harry Maguire taking Pogba while he's in the gym and saying, hold on, why are you letting me know Raiola dictate this football club? It just wouldn't happen. Harry Maguire hasn't got the stones. There's no player in, in that squad that has the stones. You know, the only we're relying on a kid, and he's not really a kid anymore, Scott McTominay. And, and as I said, he's not he's just not consistent enough. Where does this change on the pitch at the moment? Because right now we need immediate change. What happens? Man, <clears throat> we were told when we got rid of Alexi Sanchez, yeah, toxic toxic players gone, or when we got rid of Di Maria, toxic players gone, the khaki. And you know what? They get replaced with more toxic players. But it's not the players that are toxic. They're being infected by the atmosphere that exists inside the football club. So I don't care if you bring in 11 Muller Teresas. A year from now, it's going to be toxic. Because the football club is set up to manage individuals. And we talked about this last week on the podcast. The football club's entire structure is set up to monetize everything, everything. And I told you before on this podcast last week, for those who didn't listen, I know what this, I know what this is like. I work with these people where everything translates to dollars and cents. Everything is about money, everything. And if it's not about profit, it doesn't matter. And this is a mental illness. This is a personality trait, okay? If... You talk to these people about doing something for anything other than money, they think you are mental, they're crazy, you've lost your mind. They don't understand it, right? I know people out here that run businesses like this. They can't understand why I do a podcast that doesn't make money because to them it makes no sense to do anything that doesn't make money, right? There's no such thing as emotional nourishment. It's all about finance. So they don't care. The only time they care is when it will affect their bottom line. So when you get players into that dressing room and the Manchester United, and you hear this in their investor calls about the metrics that they use. And you hear this when they send a player and they go, you know, Paul Pogba, when he signed for Manchester United, there was more social media interactions and followers than Neymar, his contract renewal, right? So this is what Manchester are, they're a raw money-making business, giving you the illusion that they care about football. I mean, they have to give you enough of an illusion to care about football so you pay on the watch. They, listen, they hijacked this football club in 2005 and every single thing you know, the fans warned about back then happened. Every single thing that the media slaughtered them for, right? They're now on board for. They called United fans anti-Semitic for criticizing the Glazers. They called them anti-American for criticizing the Glazers, right? But United fans warned exactly what was going to happen, and this happened, right? So now Manchester United don't exist anymore. Manchester United died in 2005, all right? And the last embers of Manchester United died when Ferguson walked out the door. Manchester United resemble the football club by name only. Right, that football club prostitutes a history that the current people at that football club have nothing to do with, never had, because they can't sell anything in the present, because they don't have the competence to accomplish anything in the present. So the trading of a history that wasn't theirs to sell. So this football club is nothing more than an advertising machine. Right. And so they don't have the competence or really the will to be a football club again. To do what Liverpool do. Liverpool are a football club. Kills me to say it. They're a football club. Every single thing that that football club does is geared towards success on the pitch. Right. Because don't forget, though, for, for a number of years there. Liverpool went through hardship like we're going through right now. And, it's you know, everyone seems man. to forget that because we live in the present. Big difference, man. Okay. What's what's the difference? Okay, I'll explain <laughs> to you. <clears throat> the biggest difference is Manchester United are going through hardships for different reasons, right? Manchester United are going through hardships because their sole focus is on making money. 
Okay, Liverpool don't have the same commercial appeal as Manchester United, so they have to get it right on the pitch. Right. So Liverpool, when they were signing Paul Konchesky, were doing so because that was all they could afford. Right. They didn't have the money at the time to do anything else. Hicks and Gillette bought the football club, didn't have the money. They tried to do what the Glazers did and went out of business because they didn't have the same strength of brand that the Glazers did to survive it. Now, the Glazers almost did the same, only they refinanced a couple of months before it and survived it. But Manchester United, Liverpool don't have a choice. Manchester United have a choice. Right? Manchester United are what they are by choice. Okay, So Manchester United, when they're sitting in this situation... Is down to nothing more than grotesque mismanagement and inaptitude. And the people who run the football club know nothing about football. Liverpool are in this situation. We're in that situation for two reasons. One, because the people who bought the club tried to emulate the Glazers and couldn't, didn't have the money to fund it. And two, because they have no choice. Right. So when you look at other football clubs, Right, they don't have you know. Take a look at uh, other football clubs that don't have the strength of brand of Manchester United. They have to get it right on the pitch. There's no other choice source of revenue for them. Right? Yes, they can make commercial money and all this, but not as the way United can. So this is what United says really hurts them. Right? Because they can make money whether they're successful on the pitch or not. Liverpool can't. Right? So there has to be a certain shrewdness at Liverpool to be successful on the pitch. They have to gear everything towards winning on the pitch. Right? Manchester United, how many times do they need to tell you, they're on record telling you, we don't have to be successful on the pitch to make money. Right? No. They've told you this over and over again. Ibrahimovic has told you what goes on inside the football club. Van Gaal's told you what's going on inside the football club. Mourinho's told you what goes on inside the football club. Right? Anyone with a brain can see that Manchester United deliberately turned this football club into a business that happens to play football because that resembles what the owners want. They don't care what you and I care about. They don't care about beating City. Right? They don't care well, I, about any of that. I think, I think they care that we, we won't make Champions League football this year because it hurts them in their pocket. Well, so- yes. Okay, for that reason, they care. Yeah. Right. But okay. do they? But do they care about winning the league? No. But ultimately, that has effect on their commercial revenue. Whether me and you make that or doesn't. not, it does. Well, it's but, minuscule. But it, it has an effect. Minuscule. Clearly. Minuscule. But how much money have we? We're now obviously in in serious debt as a football club. Always have because been. of the Glazers. Always have been. But that has gradually got worse. Because we have not been successful on the pitch. So ultimately, they may not occur right now, what you're saying, but they will occur. And it'll get to the point where they're going to occur. Well, here's here's the thing with the United, okay? Manchester United will always be available to to be sold. Always, right? And they will always make money, right? So the debt on Manchester United's books is 600 million, right? You take a look at Chelsea. Right, and Roman Abramovich puts Chelsea up for sale. He's getting two billion pound offers the next day. Exactly the same thing would happen in Manchester United, only much more. Right, if Manchester United were put on the market tomorrow because they were going bankrupt, the Glazers would still rake in a couple of billion. Who takes that money? The Glazers, not United. Right, so the Glazers get to sell an asset they never paid for, and whoever buys the football club also inherits the debt. The Glazers' strength. Manchester, the Glazers see Manchester United's strength in one thing, their brand. Not on the pitch, not in the stadium. They don't give a shit about the stadium. They don't care if you need to play in the park, right? Because what they know, like Disneyland, it's a globally recognized brand no matter where you go. That's Manchester United's strength. That's why they don't invest in infrastructure. That's why they don't really care about the team. I made this comparison. The New York Yankees, their strength is in brand recognition, not in winning uh, Super Bowl or uh, World Series, not World Series. In, just their, not in their in Yankee Stadium, right? If the New York Yankees were playing down the park in Central Park, it wouldn't matter to the people buying their shit abroad. Don't care. LA Galaxy, it's a fashion statement. It's LA. Right, so this is what I'm saying. The Glazers know the value of Manchester United is not on the pitch, it's not in the stadium. 
Yes, it's going to have a macro effect in revenue. Uh, well, you know what? Sponsors will start paying less and all that, stuff, right? But if much is going to get into serious trouble, they can sell the club. Secondly, when you say to the Glazers, you need to invest big, big money to make sure this doesn't happen, right? No, I don't. Because if I go out and give Ralph Raniak 300 million to spend to make sure we get another 20 million in revenue in the Champions League, cost benefit, nah. Well, if we're really honest about it, and I will always be honest, I don't like the Glazers, haven't liked the Glazers, but what I will say is I disagree with you on the fact that they're saying no, because if we look at the net spend over the past, what, 10 years, look how much money we spent, look at the players we signed, but it's still coming out of United. It's still, so they're the ones signing off on it. So whether it comes out of the Glazers' pocket, goes into United's debt, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, is that, there is managers making wrong decisions with big big amounts of money. So it's not as if we're not being backed because there is transfer windows where we've been backed. We spent 80 million on Harry Maguire. Yeah, but, here's the, yeah, but here's the thing. First of all, that's finance. Secondly, <clears throat> if the Glazers really occurred, they'd show you they got. We wouldn't be guessing. Right? They'd make I, the requisite changes. They if they occurred, we wouldn't be guessing. Richard Arnold wouldn't be there. Now, you don't have to know a lot about football to know to hire someone that does, right? It's not that difficult to go out and pay someone a consultancy fee and say, go find me the best person in football for that job, right? And they would get it, but they don't. So clearly, they don't care. And clearly, there's a financial reason for that. Now, obviously, in any business, there has to be commensurate expenditure to revenue income, right? But Colin, if Manchester United finished mid-table for a couple of seasons, right? They have enough, Manchester United are financially set enough where they could write that out. That's about the worst that's going to happen. And I'm going to get relegated, right? There, And yes, it'll affect, but you also have to understand that so let's say they get more money in revenue from the, from sponsors for qualifying for the Champions League. But also, their wage bill goes up massively because all of those players are on bonuses and increased wages and everything for qualifying for the Champions League. So their cost goes up too, right? So it's not the, it's not the money-making scheme that people think it is. And secondly, as you can see, the direction the Champions League is going in, it's becoming more and more a closed system for big football clubs. So long-term projection in the Champions League is we're going to win anyway. They tried everything they could to make sure the likes of Leicester don't qualify. Right? To make sure legacy clubs own the Champions League. Because again, they're banking on you and me being idiots and continuing to watch no matter what. Right? This is the bet they always make. The bet they always make is they will always pay. They bet well, let me cl- that bet with Super League. Let, let me clarify something, and I want to touch on that Super League thing as well. So I'll clarify. I hate the Glazers. I don't like the Glazers. I don't like the fact that me and you are having a conversation about the Glazers. It's papering over the cracks of the problems that are the right here, right now. It's very easy for me and you to turn around and say, we hate the Glazers. This is all the Glazers' problem. Quite frankly, 75% of that problem is because of the Glazers. However, we have a product on the pitch at the moment that one, isn't fighting for the badge, Mm. isn't playing the Man United way. We have an interim manager, an interim manager at Manchester United Mm. that I know that you you rate very highly and you think that he's, 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 he's in a bad spot at the moment. It's very hard for him. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't have been put in that position, in my opinion. It should be a permanent manager. And if the powers that be at the club couldn't get a permanent manager who was able to do the job. There's something wrong. We are Manchester United. We're not. We're not a, an average, an average name side. We are the biggest side in the world, regardless of what anyone thinks. At the moment, things are tough, but there has to be some sort of give. I mean, you can't sit here and pin all this on the Glazers because the fact of the matter is, it's nothing on the Glazers. Why is there not a revolt? So it, it's not the right now. The right here and right now is not on the Glazers. The right here and right now. It, no, because there's a product on the business. They run the business. My business, well, I own, I own yes. businesses. What happens in my business is the result of the way I run it. 
Simple I, I understand what you're saying, right? And I, I appreciate it. I don't like the Glazers and I don't like what they've done. So why don't we they have... sack Richard Arnold and Edward Wood? Okay, one second. I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. My point is there is a product on the pitch that should be doing a lot better than what they're doing at the moment. And they're not. There's play- We saw yesterday players give up. We talked mm-hmm. 3-1. Players give up before 3-1. Players went into that, that game years. with their heads down. They've been doing yeah. that for years. But what a- but, but have they really yeah. like to have this season? What have we Roy ever Keane had say? What did Roy Keane say whenever Solskjaer got the job? To throw him onto the bus just like they did Mourinho? Yeah, but, but, but at that point, we, we still had some winners in the side. There, there's a team of We still have some winners. Yeah, there's, that's my point. But they're doing there's exactly the same thing they've always done. But we can't pin that on the Glazers just because Why? the Glazers have... Because the right here right now isn't... The, the Glazers leave tonight. It's not going to change tomorrow. No, it? no, no. It, it would change because it's... The, the, the reason why you pin on the Glazers is because of how those employees are incentivized, right? They're not incentivized yes. to win leagues. They're not incentivized to win European Cups. They're not incentivized for any of that, right? They are valued on things that aren't even football related, right? They are valued. You take a look at when Pep Guardiola got rid of the Lequim Mangala, got rid of Wilfred Pony. All those players are still being at it, right? Because of their resale value because of commercial value, right? So do, what you see at any business, okay? When you see employees perform collectively, similarly, that's because of the way a company is run. Simple as that. Because if there was consequences for failure, okay, they wouldn't be there. That wouldn't be happening. Now, when you've been doing the same thing for years and years and years and years and years, that's not an accident. That is a direct I, result of how a company is run. I do agree with what you're saying. 100%. My point so is, leaders, right? No, but what I will say my is, point right. is yeah. Yeah, let, let me just one, one second, right? Oh, yeah. My point is, I think that if the Glazers left today, we'd see the same United team until the end of the season and there would be no improvement just okay. because the Glazers. Now, maybe maybe until the end well, of the season, but not long right? term. <clears throat> okay. Also, the players, in my opinion have all got to their peak. They've all went, we're at Manchester United. This is the highest we're ever going to play. Put the feet up. Wambasaka, players like this, feet up. They're happy enough. They're making thousands of pounds. They're happy. They're making their money. They don't care about what it means to play for Manchester United. And that's a simple fact of the of the reality of what they're in. There's players like Harry Maguire there who's paid far too much. We paid too much for him. We made him a superstar. He's not a superstar. That's a fact. He is chilling at Manchester United. Loving it because he's making so much money every week. He doesn't care about the results, really. He's the captain of our club, by the way. So let me understand this. You think that these players walked into Manchester and said, I can take the foot off the gas now? Not that they, they said that they can take the foot off the gas. I think that they now feel that there's no there's no further they can go in the game. Where Manchester So United, how did all you know the other players that came to Manchester United didn't do that? Exactly, because there was people around them like leaders around that dressing room. So the way the football club was run, the, the, the environment inside that football club demanded that you came in and that you showed you were world class, right? Otherwise, what? You were turfed out. And I, I understand. So, yes, but you're, you're saying that from a business perspective, right? That's I'm what dominates from- every decision at the football club. Yeah, but I'm talking from a people perspective. There's no but gigs. There's no. There's no gigs. Was uh, a scumbag. Change room. Gigs was a scumbag. Yeah, he never was, was a busy body. He wasn't a leader. I, I disagree. Yeah, I think they were Man, both listen leaders. Listen to anyone. Well, well, take a look at what happened in the tunnel against Arsenal. Mm. Right when Roy King went after Patrick Vieira, what did he say? Yeah, don't peg on him. Peg on one of us. Roy King. Guy never won a leader. Guy never was a follower. Look, here's the thing. Okay, in any business. Okay, it starts from the top down. Okay, and in any business, people respect authority. They respect consequence. Okay, and they respect how they're incentivized. The atmosphere inside a business will determine what you adjust to. If an atmosphere inside a business is toxic, you will become toxic too. Right? If the atmosphere inside a business says you will not survive, you will be isolated and, and ridiculed in this group if you don't perform to an exceptionally high standard. Okay, you will either adjust that standard or leave. What did Roy Keane say when Dwight York came, smacked the ball at him and said, "If Manchester United, we control that." 
Okay. That was a message. Okay. That's because that dressing room was filled with winners. Plus it was also run by a manager who had complete control of that football club, who demanded the very best of everyone. Then when he left, those standards went with them. David Moyes didn't have that. Edward Wood didn't care about that. Edward Wood cared about sending players that you know, could sell the sponsors around the world. That was his job. Then he takes David Gill's job. Okay, His job was to commercialize and market Manchester United. He'd done the data state, he'd done all that. That's what the focus was. It wasn't about get the best players on the pitch if they were able to win, great. Right? But that's not really the focus. All right. The focus is make sure we make money. Okay. And if we can't make money on the pitch by being good on the pitch, we'll make sure we have 16 George Clooney's, I quote Richard Arnold there, uh, off the pitch so that we can market them and sell them. This is not a football club. Bayern Munich used to call themselves FC Hollywood for a reason. Right. This is Disneyland, FC Hollywood, whatever you want to call it. There's nothing inside Manchester United that demands their success on the pitch. Nothing. So this is what you get. You get the same thing every time. The same entropy, the same cycle, the same three years. Starts out good. Everyone's enthusiastic. Great, great, great. Then it goes to shit. Why? There are no consequences for failure at Manchester United. None. So if you look at Guardiola, Guardiola comes in, gets rid of Alecri Mangala, gets rid of all these garbage players, well, for a bony, all that, that aren't good enough for Manchester City, right? Players that he moves on, Nigel De Jong, all that. Doesn't happen at Manchester United. You can play poorly for four, five, six, seven years and still be there, right? There's players at that football club that haven't been close to Manchester United quality, and we know this, for years. Why are they still there, right? There's still, you know, this is the problem. So we no longer have a football club that demands the very best of players, right? This is a football club because it's by its very nature, it's set up for individual promotion, right? Bronze, 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 bronze. And if you're not big enough to be a bronze, you're relevant, okay? So you have no influence in the dressing room. It's, a, it's very, very, very difficult. You look at Liverpool. Liverpool is a team. Everybody plays towards a common goal, okay? Everybody. If Liverpool don't play well, there's problems. No one cares about James Milner, right? But Manchester United, everyone manages their image the minute they lose, right? It's not my fault. Not my client's fault. It's his fault. Their fault. This fault. There's no team there. It's impossible to manage that. And by the way, every manager is an interim manager. Everyone's on the verge of three games away from getting sacked, right? So... Here's the thing. Until that changes at Manchester United, where winning football games becomes the most important thing, and that's the only metric you're judged on, not your commercial value, your resale value, nothing will change. Nothing. Because Liverpool and City are so good that you can't catch them like this way. You may be able to win the old trophy here or there, the FA Cup, the League Cup, which is exactly what's happening. But the trophies that require the best players consistently working towards a common goal, can't do that. You take a look at what would get you kicked out of Liverpool. You take a look at what would get you kicked out of sitting. They wouldn't, I wouldn't get you kicked out of United, or, 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 no chance, right? You take a look at how Klopp runs our football club. Klopp runs our football club with complete authority. Pep Guardiola runs our football club with complete authority. Manchester City don't need to commercialize everything. Everything's geared toward their ego means we need to be successful on the pitch. That's what UAE want. All right, Klopp, I remember when RB Leipzig or Salzburg, soon Salzburg, uploaded a video of Jesse Marsh in the dressing room, Bollock and his players. And Jurgen Klopp turned around and said, if Liverpool did that to me, I would walk. Okay. Manchester United, if they could monetize that, would do it. All right. Turn it into a circus. And would Ralph Ranick have the authority to go into the United board and say, I'm going to leave you to that? No. And the managers that would, they won't hire them. Antonio Conte won't hire them, right? Why? Mourinho, never again, screwed the life out of them, right? You think they want Antonio Conte sitting in a, chair, in, in a press conference with Lombasta the players? No chance, right? This football club is set up for individual interests in every aspect. Even Ferguson did this, right? Ferguson was a precursor for the problems that we have now. Whenever the whole cubic expression thing happened, whenever 
Ferguson got into that argument with J.P. McManus and Magnet was about his own selfish personal interest. Manchester United were sacrificed. Since then, that's exactly what's been going on. Okay. Now, Ferguson was such a genius at the time that he was able to continue to win. But now that City have money, okay, now that they have expertise, Liverpool have expertise, United are miles off, miles off. Right, because there are so many things you got to get right that they don't even know how to get right, and they don't have the heart to get right, and they don't value that more than they value making money. I, I agree with what you're saying. So we'll put this to the side for one second. What is the here and now? What's the what's the change that that we need? Because I we're getting Twitter questions here from people mm-hmm. saying basically, you know, what what do we do over the next three weeks to change? This is a this is a crucial couple of weeks for the yeah. club. We've got Spurs on Saturday. We've got Atletico Madrid. That genuinely, if we if we lose or drop points against Spurs and we lose the Atletico and we're out, we have nothing else to play for. There's nothing, season. mate. Like the reason why United gave up against City was because most of those players had two thoughts in their head. One, it's not my fault, and two, I won't be here at the end of the season to deal with the consequences. Right. So do we think all of a sudden they're going to care? I mean, if losing 5-0 to Liverpool isn't going to make you care, and then losing to City isn't going to make you care, and if watching Liverpool win the league and watching City win the league and watching Liverpool win a European Cup isn't going to make you care, I think it's easier to resign yourself to the fact that they don't care. What more criticism can they take that they haven't taken already? They're already on the phone to their agents and their PR people. Get me out of here. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's that fault. The PRs are Marcus Rashford. The day after United lose the city, a local kid through the academy has his people release that nonsense. Now, how dare you? You're supposed to be a player raised one of our own, you know, who you've been atrocious, son. And I like Rashford and I read him, but some yeah, performances that have been utterly indefensible. And you are a major part of why you are in this mess, right? Missing chance after chance after chance after chance after chance, right? Final ball disgrace, right? You, who don't see yourself as part of the problem, turning around and saying, I, I want to leave. You know, Jesse Lingard, another local kid through the academy uploading pictures of West Ham, desperate to leave. You know, mate, look, this football club is in serious, serious trouble. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to get worse before it gets better. All right? Because... I don't know how it could get much worse. Oh, no, it's going to get worse. Right? Tyrannous. Well, but here's the thing. Until the source of the problem is addressed, you can't fix a problem. And when this is like an abuse of marriage, right? Or the husband or the wife or whatever, there was the abuse. Keep promising to change, right? Wakes up the next day, oh, well, I'll, I promise, I, I, that, that's, that's the old me, I'm going to change. And they never do. Because at some point during that process, when dust settles, they're going to go, well, no, my fault. It was her fault or his fault. Too. This happened and that happened. And they exonerate themselves and they never learn. Until Richard Arnold, A.L., turns around and says, you know what? We have to take responsibility here as the most senior employees of this football club for what we see on the pitch, for the mess that this football club is. And we're going to go too because the football club comes first. Let's make sure we put people in place that, Give, give them 10 years to do it, right? And, and they employ people that don't personify the mindset of the Glazers because remember, they are a symptom of the Glazer ownership, right? This is why you shouldn't have any confidence that Richard Arnold's going to change anything. Edward Ward clearly ran that football club the way he was told to, right? So unless the Glazers have all of a sudden woken up as football fans one day and no longer value profit, which, you know, the probability is almost zero, we shouldn't expect anything different, right? So this is why I had to laugh when people say, oh, Glazers have brought you league success. This doesn't bring anything, all right? They didn't bring success. They didn't bring anything that much as they did not before they came here, all right? 
So what they did do is they made it harder for that success to be maintained. And now we're seeing that. So they don't have the expertise to fix it, or they would have. They refuse so, to have to acknowledge they're part of the problem. So it won't change. So I'm not sticking up for Riceford here, right? But I want to play devil's advocate in this position, right? You've got a young kid who's came through the academy, who's looked mm -hmm. up the players for years, who have been Manchester United quality, and he's shown us that he, he can get to those levels, right? Mm. He has been miles off it this year. Yeah. Do you think it is understandable that in this turmoil that you're that you're talking about, with everything going on, that he needs and wants to get his head straight and he is entitled? His, his deal runs out in June 2023, so this is a time when United can sell him and make some sort of profit as he was a, a player that came through the academy. Do you think it's understandable that from what you're telling me now, with everything going on around him, that that kid wants maybe a fresh change? I've got no I'm, issue not, I'm not sticking up for him. But do you want to do it the day after you've lost the Derby? You think this is what United fans need the day after? You know, it you could... think you don't have enough self-awareness to say to your PR team? Not today, lads. It, it is his brother, and me and you were speaking before I know. we, we came on after, here about... He, Carl, he even went after, after Christian Falk two weeks ago on Twitter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was Christian Falk an apology. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, maybe things have got so bad and toxic, like you've said, that he just can't take it any longer. This is a kid who, okay. by the way... So where's he going in March can... 1st, March 2nd, whatever date it is? Where, where's he going today? No, I, I understand that, but I'm saying maybe maybe mentally it's all too much for him. I'm only playing devil's advocate here. Okay. I, I, I agree with you, but so, I, I do so, think... So why do you think you needed to release an article today? Do it in July. Maybe, maybe that's in poor management on his side. Of course it is. Yeah. It's an so, insult so to the football club. Like it's that. an insult to the fans. So you, we seen him yesterday talking on, on the... Whenever we were looking at the TV, he was talking to Lingard and Mata about something on the pitch. And I think that your commentary will be different than mine, but I think the commentary here joked. He was saying that he should be on the pitch. Do you think yesterday he should have started in that team, truthfully? Well, here's the thing. Was he dumb to justify starting? He, he hasn't this okay. season, to be honest. Then right? this, this, but, this, this, is not, this is not youth soccer where everyone gets all killed guaranteed minutes. This is one of the biggest football clubs in the world. If you don't earn the right to play... You don't play. Jaden Sancho okay, so, has earned the right to play. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you something then. All, based on that, has Juan Basaka earned the right to play? No, yesterday? but there's lack of a better alternative. So it's, Harry, it, it's Harry just, Maguire. Like we can go through the whole team. No, I, I completely I mean, agree. But but the thing is, uh, um, none of them have earned. I mean, the vast majority haven't exactly. earned the right to play. But here's the thing. Until they see themselves, the argument can never be, well, he's shit too. I should be playing. Right? Take responsibility for yourself. Go out and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm undroppable. Right? Because there are players that have went out and played like they're undroppable. Right? Bruno Fernandez, despite not being at his best, is still someone that scores and creates every week. Right? Agreed. Alanga has embarrassed them. Right? Yeah. Jaden Sancho mm -hmm. has embarrassed him, right? Yeah. So I'm sorry, but it's up to you to make sure that, you know, you are in control of yourself. You don't get time at a club like Manchester United. When, when Marcus Riceford got his chance at 17, all right, he got it because players were injured and he took it, Okay. Same thing Anthony Langa did. And Marcus Rashford then became a player that deserved the start. So the first thing I would say to Marcus Rashford, show me the body of work that says I should start you. Now, Ralph Ranić desperately needs results. Ralph Ranić ain't playing favourites. Okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, Ralph Ranić isn't going to be here in a couple of months. So if you're playing that well... Ralph Rennick ain't driving you. He can't. But we've all got eyes. And we've been making excuses for Rashford for a long time about, oh, you know, he's dead. I like him. Calm. I do. Right? I think Marcus Rashford, when he's on form, is fantastic. Right? But we haven't seen enough that over two years. And by the way, after the Euros, when he was slaughtered, the fans stood up, protected him, 
defended him. United fans were entitled to better than what they got yesterday. By the way, yeah. who was it slaughtered him the most with their racist songs about Sancho and Rashford? Manchester City. Okay? Yeah. And he turns around the day after the derby when United lost 4-1 and where I classed in the second half and does that. Agree fans have to go to work with those city fans the next day. How yeah. dare you? How dare you? I want, I want to touch on the on the Ronaldo thing. Do you think there's more, there's substance to these reports saying that Ronaldo, maybe he's not injured, maybe he's through the head up, he's went, he's went to Portugal? I, by the I look of, of me and you talking, you, you don't really care. You, you don't think Ronaldo... From from talking to you, you don't think Ronaldo has a, a positive impact on this team? I no, disagree not, with that. I, I don't think he has a positive impact on the teams. I mean, I think uh, he's one of the few winners in that football team. You know, and I, I think that one of the things we showed w- w- that was demonstrated yesterday is he ain't a problem. He may be a problem, but to think that if only we could take Ronaldo out of the team and have a top striker, we'd be winning games. Clearly, that's bullshit, right? Yeah. And when you want to identify where Ronaldo is in the long line of problems. He's way at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, do I think he was injured? I don't think Ralph Ronick lies. I don't, I mean, we've been here before with Jesse Lingard saying, when 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 Ronick said Jesse Lingard was injured, Lingard said I wasn't, right? I don't, I believe Ronick, right? So I don't believe Ronick, let's say Ronick would have dropped Ronaldo. I think at the very least he'd have been on the bench. Right, he wouldn't yeah. have been left out. So maybe, 100%. maybe Ranick said, "I'm going to put you on the bench," and Ronaldo said, "Fuck off and left." I don't know, right? And if he did, right? If that happened, Ronaldo deserves to be slaughtered because that come you can't make exceptions, right? Hundred percent, I agree. Right. So now, where you need to make another major miscalculation is in Edison Cavani. Edison Cavani has been picking and choosing his games for two years. Yeah, it wasn't like he was going to get older and become more available. Uh, Ranić said him six weeks ago, he's the only player we have at the football club that can play with his back to goal. Now, why, if you look at United Saints with, with Ibrahimovic, Ronaldo, uh, Falcao, uh, the, the uh, uh, Cavani. What are they? They're superstar signings that you can market and commercialize without paying the big money. And now who they're linked with? Lewandowski, Anakanji, and Rudiger. Why? Free. Right? So when you see Mike McGrath come out and say things like, you only have 60 to 80 million, what did I say to you last week? The idea you never going to pay that money for Harry Kane is insane. Listen, when you need it... I, I still early, disagree, but I think... Well, you, you, well, you, so I, I genuinely think about how I much Ferguson had to convince him to buy Van Persie. I, I understand what you're saying. So, you think they would pay 100 million think, for Hurricane? I think it would be a panic ban. I think they'd do it. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be any thought behind it, but I, I think they'd do it. And I'll mm-hmm. go, I'll, I'll put my neck on the line and say that I do think they'd do it. But what I will say as well mm-hmm. is whenever mm-hmm. we're looking at this United team, it's not just a centre forward we need. So, I go back to your point of what we have. We need a Declan Rice. We need a centre half. We need. The whole team. So again, we can't really get into that because maybe they won't then spend the, the hundred million and I'm thinking on a striker for that one reason. But I do think I have a feeling they're gonna panic by and go for a striker. But when we're looking at Cavani, how can we sing his like I, I, I go to the game, I sit in the Stratford end of the season ticket there. How can we sing Cavani's name as if he's some sort of hero? Because that's what we've been doing for since he arrived. And to be honest, he's been great up the point and that like he's choosing not to play. Whenever he's deemed fit, that is unforgivable. That doesn't happen. I want Hargreaves to have it. Look, here's the thing his absence is only noticed because United didn't send another striker. Right? Yeah. If United had sent another striker and played week in, week out, nobody would be talking about it. Right? Yeah. Which is exactly what they should have done. Right? Let me ask you this if Addison Cavani leaves Manchester United in the summer, how many other top European teams are you going to put them in as, as their sole number nine striker? Nobody. No. Right. Yeah. So you know, you think you, you think uh, City are going to turn around and say we need to strike or Addis Armand? You think that Liverpool are going to go ahead and say we need to strike Addis Armand? Right. I mean, come on. Right. Anyway, mate, the, this is the problem. 
right? So I, I, I think Cavani was good for his first season, keeping for a second season, but sending another striker, right? Just yeah. like they were supposedly dead with Pogba for with Van der Beek. You send a contingency player that's going to come in, sell them for a year, push him on, right? Because you know that Cavani's going to pick and choose his games. And he's not going to be available for most of the games because your striker's still going to play, blah, blah, blah. But now, not only did they, they've also lost Mason Greenwood, the, the, I'm telling you right now, the problems that exist at United <clears throat> go way beyond the playing staff. There's massive deviations inside that football club. And I think that anybody that's brought in, Richard Arnold turned around and said, we're going to create an atmosphere of professionalism. That's the lowest bar in the world. You're telling me that you were feel, you failed to create an environment of professionalism for nine years? Why? I mean, come on. So yeah. I, I have no confidence that this is going to get fixed because the people that are the problem refuse to accept the problem. And this, we, anything relationship, it's toxic. Anything. When it's filled with the same thing, promises to change, promises will fix it with the acknowledgement that you are the problem. So I wish you could Just be put- more optimistic, but I'm not. <clears throat> Before, I know we're going to wrap this up in a second, but before we do, I do want to say one thing, right? I think if United, and people will criticise me for this point, had have got Roy Keenan until the end of the season. I, I'm not talking, I know Roy Keenan isn't, isn't the manager of this football club, right? For the one simple reason, to sort out the problems in that dressing room, at, at anything, there's problems outside the dressing room, I get that. They wouldn't sign him because they know he would challenge them. I, I understand that, right? They wouldn't let him do it. But if we had someone of that character and that authority, the players in that change room, do you think Marcus Rice really? Do you think Marcus Riceford would release that mm-hmm. statement if King yeah. was? Uh, and I'll tell you, you why. Think he, you think he uh, would? Yeah, I'll tell you why. No chance. I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because the reason why he does it and the reason why they all do it is because this has been enabled by the people above. Roy Keane, by the people that make the decisions, by the people that are writing contracts, by the people, because ultimately at Manchester United, they'll bend Roy Keane and Roy Keane will have no authority before they'll bend somebody with commercial value or market value or resale value. So ultimately, so, Man- so you can you can walk into Manchester United and say, oh, I threaten you, there's that, you're at the door. No, nah, Roy, you're at the door, not me. Right? You know, I, you're not worth anything, but I'm worth 40 million, 60 million that club you go before I walk. And that is the problem, okay? You go to Chelsea when you don't have control of a personnel, right? Their managers get sacked because they have no authority. They're impotent. So it's exactly the same thing. So Roy King would be a laughing stock. Now, if you need to turn around and says, you know what, you have control over who comes in and who comes out, yeah, you may get a response, right? But if not, it may as well be WWE, right? They don't care about Roy King. Right, so yeah. you can go in there, anyone, right? Mourinho is a nasty man, right? You got that personality, he goes in and puts your finger in your face. You saw it in that Amazon uh documentary, right? But ultimately, if it's all bark and no bite, it's meaningless. So, yeah, United make these the, the you're toothless, right? Because ultimately. When the decision comes down to having balls, and you know, if you're getting kicked out for non for football reasons, right? Fine, but you are not getting kicked out of Manchester United for football reasons ever, right? You get yeah. kicked out for commercial reasons, for resale reasons. That's it. That's what runs a football club. That's why you see the mess. So typically, you had to send enough good players to make sure they don't get relegated. Typically, they send enough good players to where they can give the illusion that they're competitive and almost are. But there's not the perfect. You wasn't you want to see a die to get three points when you win the league. It tests every aspect of your football club. It tests your your training, your fitness, your commitment, your team spirit, everything. And if any of those are lacking, you aren't winning. And so many of those are lacking. This is why you'll see you need to turn up in some games and not them all. Right. Because you still got enough good players to win them games. And you saw the first half against City, right? They looked decent. Why? Because they had space on the counter-attack, right? But once City upped that tempo, they didn't want to know. 
Now, I'm not, I'm certain that a lot of those players, if they were in exceptional teams with a whole different atmosphere, you'd see a different performance, but not at Manchester United because Manchester United are no longer obsessed with winning. And winning football games is the most important thing. So you eventually, you become what you're, you know, you, you, you this, this, this is what you become, what, what your business is. This is what you start to represent. This is what you start to imitate. So, um, Mate, I'm telling you, until those problems are fixed, and we have seen this so many times with Van Hal, with Mourinho, with Solskjaer, with, with Ranić, all good managers, right? They struggle. Listen to what Ralph Ranić's telling you. I can't make these players play football. The most basic fucking requirement. I, I want them to play where like they enjoy themselves. Man, it's mine. I just hope. I just hope this time next week it's a more positive podcast and not us ripping the club together but well, it needs to be done at the end of the day and let, let's hope next week that against Spurs we put in a good performance on the pitch with fight for the bads and there's some sort of accountability amongst that squad after such a drubbing against City like there has to be some sort of reply from that so Spurs are the same as United same thing yeah all right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, leave it there, Thanks as always. Much appreciated. Thanks to all of you for downloads, real legs, retweets, and um, want to dedicate this podcast to Mac the Knife, folks. Uh, as you know, many of you know, we follow me, Mac. Unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, terminal cancer. Only has a few months left to live. Unfortunately, um, there is a link on his Twitter page, and I will retweet it again. If you can spare some money from Macmillan Cancer, please, please, please donate and. Um, we wish Mike nothing but the best, a great friend of mine, someone I've known a long time. Um, come, all the best, mate. Thanks as always, and thanks to all of you for listening. Cheers, folks. Thanks, everyone. Bye.